0: This program is part of Full Service Radio, an internet radio station and podcast network with over 32 weekly shows broadcasting from the lobby of The Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. All of our hosts are Washington, D.C. locals, covering stuff like music, arts, culture, identity, politics, and so much more. Visit fullserviceradio.org for all of our programming and enjoy the show. And Full Service Radio is also proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the Internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com.
1: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Ladies and gentlemen, you are here at full service radio listening to insert here what is insert here insert here is a sex podcast where we talk about intimacy identity and gender in the contemporary context i'm kate your host kate warren and i am based here in washington dc i'm a photographer so why am i here talking about sex I'm talking about sex because I like to have sex and other people do too. But unfortunately, we don't talk about having sex that often. And a lot of times people are ashamed about what they're into, what they're curious about. And there's, there's a divide between what people think they know about sex and what they want to know about sex and very few places to get that information in a way that is fun and sexy and accurate at the same time. Which brings us to insert here. Insert here is a show where we talk about everything from bondage to dating to uh, exploring your deepest, darkest fetishes. And each week we have a new guest on the show who shares their experience outside the heteronormative vanilla experience. Now, what does that mean, right? Okay, so it means they're either not totally straight or they are having sex that is not just missionary sex. Uh, and so each week we have a guest and they share their stories, we we laugh, we get into the nitty-gritty, and ultimately we end up in a place where lust and learning meet. So without further ado, that brings us to this week's guest. Jen Teasdale is a Washington, D.C.-based writer and comedian, and while Jen dates people of all different genders and colors and backgrounds... She has a really interesting history of making porn and <laughs> selling her panties on Craigslist and all manner of other colorful things that we will be covering on today's episode. So without further ado, Jen Teesdale, ladies and gentlemen.
2: Hi, where's my little... Nope, oh, no applause. Thank you. Sorry. DC's preeminent podcast guest, Jen Tisdale. So I'm just I'm used to my, my, uh, my fans. Hi, Kate.
1: <laughs> hey, Jen, how you doing? Thanks
2: for having me. Thanks for coming on the show today. Yeah, thanks for coming. <laughs> always. It is show. always a pleasure. It is always a pleasure. Does every show end with or- everyone Orgasming? Uh-oh. Yeah, just like as a group. Loving all these windows <laughs> all of a sudden. Yeah, just as Loving it.
1: Yeah, so here here at, uh, at the Line Hotel where we record, mm-hmm. uh, we have three walls of windows, so mm-hmm. you can come by the hotel and watch us. You're a voyeur. In- insert here at any moment. Yep, you have a couple of exhibitionists who are ready
2: <laughs> to get as close or as far away from that
1: mic as you want us to. Absolutely. So Jen, maybe you can start out by talking a little bit about your sexual background, your dating background, and kind of like lay the groundwork for Uh, some details. I have
2: had way more sex than boyfriends. Uh, In fact, I would say I don't date very often. I've not had a lot of relationships. I'm not very good at relationships. There's many reasons for that. Um, Some of them sexy, some of them less sexy. I'm just not really good at sharing my emotional space as uh, much as I'm good at sharing my physical space. And I also don't have a lot of Hangups about sex in terms of, um, do you have to be emotionally connected to have it? Will it be better or n- not as good? So therefore, I just whenever I want to have sex, mm-hmm. I generally try to and hopefully do. I don't want to brag. <laughs> I think I'm uh, I think I'm at like a eighty eighty percent on that. Like that's if pretty I, strong. If I set out to do it, it happens. I mean, I'm, people are like, but you're a woman. I'm like, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> so it so it maybe it's easier. But anyway, so that's my sexual history is one that I've. Uh, Had a lot of one night stands, or a couple night stands, or uh, I've I've had sex with people I met on Craigslist. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, Um, a lot of people would look down on that. You can like just like shopping at Forever Twenty One. It takes a minute to find something good. Sure. But when you do, uh, you can wear it twice and throw it away. No, (laughs)
1: Um, So yeah. So anyway, so, but let's, and actually I think it's a good starting point maybe is to talk about the conversation that people have about like, is your sex better if you're emotionally connected to a partner or can you have completely fulfilling sex without an emotional connection?
2: I think that depends on how comfortable you are with telling someone what works for you. Some people can't get comfortable right away so I'm lucky in that I can so if you're the kind of person who is like me who is very good at telling a total stranger what works for you then you can have that good sex if you're the kind of person who has to be very comfortable with someone and no judgment because I get it Mm -hmm. um, then I think that unfortunately you you have to put in the time before you
1: can do that. Well, and I would say that you can, it, I would definitely argue that to have any good sex with anyone, whether you know the person or not, you have to be able to communicate about what you need and yes. how, the, and how you'd like to be pleasured. And
2: women are trained, not trained, but conditioned yeah, uh, to be, to acquiesce. Yes. Especially. Yeah. And I did that in my youth. It's very hard for me to orgasm. Whatever it takes, you want. Yeah. It sure. takes me a long time. I would fake orgasms to just be like, let's just be done and then i obviously learned that i was doing myself a, a literal and a figurative disservice well and, and your
1: partners too you know like our partners want to yes. be good at, at at pleasuring us and they
2: won't be if you're like you know and there's that joke like men don't know what the clitoris is and i'm like well sure i, I get that them.
1: why would they know
2: they don't have a vagina so right. like they sh- they're not going to be born with that knowledge
1: well and frankly and uh, that kind of brings. okay us- hold on
2: sorry Gender politics. I just want to say, Go. men, women born with a vagina. Sorry, I'm just going to apologize right away if you identify. Blah blah blah. Sorry. Absolutely. Sorry. You get what I'm saying. When we I, we are ad- here
1: for all the non-binary. So if you
2: are, so you get what I'm saying. So anyway, so if you weren't born with like female reproductive parts, then you're not going to have that knowledge,
1: right? Exactly. Well, and it's and it's tricky, right? Because these days, a lot of people actually learn about sex from porn, because there is such yes. a there is such a lack of. Pleasure-based sex education Mm -hmm. in this country.
2: Did you ever? Did your uh, mom? My mom had our bodies ourselves. No. Did your mom? Your mom mom is Catholic. Oh, so she would be like this. She would not like like the line an (laughs)
1: abstinence-only sex education space completely. Mm. So all of my sex education came from like doing an an aggressive amount of research and obviously then applying that research to research. Okay. Well, and then applying that research to the field. Right. You know. Wow. So my
2: mom had our bodies ourselves, and I remember. Reading it, I remember when I got to the part where there were people in wheelchairs having sex and I was like, oh, this seems like fun. Like if you're just tired, (laughs) (laughs) can we just sit down for this one? I'm like, granted, they couldn't get up. But anyway, so, uh, so So there was that. I remember that. Let's talk about getting weird. Okay. Wheelchair sex,
1: obviously, you know, and and you and I have had separate conversations offline Mm -hmm. about kind of the fetishes that people have. So let's talk about fetishes. You want to explain to the to the folks at home what fetishes are and
2: well we as we were discussing right before this in a in this crazy world that we live in where there's def- defining anything as normal is is becoming increasingly difficult dare I say impossible what is normal well nor should we there so, is like, no such thing as normal, there isn't especially so, like, when it comes to so, sex like, nowadays everyone has a mental illness stop bragging uh, I have one stop bragging again so like what is normal there's no normal so. Is is there is is a is is a fetish even a thing anymore, or is it just like this is just your interest?
1: Right. Cause like, so here the so word for background. Fetish, a fetish is just a, a very specific interest and a, a arousal around something right. seen as fringe. So for instance, a, like common fetishes that people like to talk about as being interesting and sort of obscure to them are like people who are called loonies who get off from like being around balloons. Or popping balloons, oh. for instance. Um, Is it the popping sound? You think it's it, it's the tension based uh-huh. on what I've read. Okay. It's the tension created by inflating in, uh, inflating a balloon and the potential for it to pop. And some people like, come when balloons pop, or they don't want to have. See, the that makes pop. me almost
2: jealous because it's so hard for me to come, and I wish it was just like uh, so simple as just popping pop a, a balloon. balloon. Yeah. I'd be popping balloons
1: all day. So, what kind of fetishes have you had experience with?
2: Uh Well, so when we were talking about Craigslist before, um I, oh, this was like, and I'm not trying to be like, I was doing this before Orange is the New Black because there's like that arc in season two where Piper sells panties from the uh, prison. But I remember, I don't remember how I stumbled across it, but... I I started selling used panties on Craigslist, so that is a fetish. Interesting, and it, and it actually. How,
1: so how did that start? How did that start? I can't
2: remember if I just like was looking for a way to like maybe make make some extra cash, and that seems like a very non, in like invasive, yeah, totally. easy thing. Like, Put it in oh, an I've got panties. <laughs> I've worn panties. I've got stuff coming out of me that you, and I get the interest, obviously, if you're. Sure. So, um, but then an interesting, so then I started to do it like more often and I weirdly became a little turned on myself. Hmm. So, and I'm not saying like I, like, uh, yeah. So it became a bit of a two-way street. Uh, I place an ad um, you have to weed out people who are looking for a little more than that because they'll be like, I'd love to buy your panties. Then one email later, it's also give me a blowjob. And you're like, whoa, I thought we were just here for the panty game. But uh, right. so once you find that guy, I've set up a safe way to do the exchange. There's uh, What do je- you do? Uh, this is probably going to sound unsafe to some people, but uh, maybe I'm just a danger gal. So uh, there I... It usually has to be, like, uh, there's, like, a I provide, like, a discreet yet public intersection
0: mm-hmm.
2: near my neighborhood um, where I meet them. They usually drive up. I have removed my panties in front of them if I feel safe. I
1: don't mind. I know what
2: they're looking for. They want to see a little flash or something. That doesn't bother me. So you it will, like, come in a
1: dress and just, like, take your panties zip off. Zip
2: them right out. off. That doesn't bother. It doesn't, like, bother me. And, again, someone's, like, so I'll sit in the back. They sit in the front. I've set up. Like, <laughs> I have, like, a specific. I'm, like, Liam Neeson. I have a specific set of. Uh, anyway, so. Uh, <laughs> when they have taken my panties. So, um <laughs> And you know, and I get what they want. I know what they really want. Like they want, they want to take that home, and they want to do their whole thing with them. Uh, and sometimes they want to see a flash of something. Also fine, no judgment, because like, right? So what? So what? Right, exactly. Uh, and uh, it's safe
1: and consensual. Yeah, and uh, and where we're talking about the fact that there is no normal in regards to sex, things remaining safe and, cons- and consensual yeah. are like the two kind of qualifiers
0: And this also
2: here. comes back to the ease at which some people can have sex. So some of these. Men, it's very clear that that is not such an easy thing for them. And this is a way that they are able to take care of themselves that is not sure. just themselves. Um, and that's fine. I feel like a bit of sympathy for that person sure. Sure, myself. Um, I think it's important to be empathetic. And I've not had a bad experience, which I think oh, that's not, great. I've never felt. How
1: many pairs of panties have you sold on Craigslist? So
2: many. I, I'm actually running low. And I like, and do I you have buy, to like, do I do. You buy special panties. I buy special panties because I'm not a girl that wears What do like, they look like? Well, some of them are nice. Some men want, like, I've actually had men be like, do you have any granny panties? And I'm like, oh, boy, you are in luck, <laughs> my friend. That is all that is left. Um, so it's, it's uh, some guys like, boy shorts. Some guys want that sassy, like, something with a bow on it. And I'm like, okay. Uh, <laughs> that makes Thongs, sense. obviously, are a big thing. Um, yeah. And then sometimes men, so uh, want... I've got. I've never done this, but I've gotten a request for uh, other kinds of stains. If okay, you catch my drift. Yep, yep and I don't. Okay. I, I don't think I'd care about that as much, but it does feel a little different. And certainly a not little sexual. More invasive. Yeah, I'm certainly doesn't turn me on. Well, sure. But that's not the name of the game. And then I think I also told you this. One guy I was like. I want to buy your panties, but will you also sit in my car with me for an hour, and uh, will you fart eight times? And I was like, just eight? (laughs) (laughs) Eight times?
1: Yeah, just like squeeze out eight quick farts. And I was like,
2: what is it? And then I looked it up, and I wish I should have looked it up again. That is a thing where men, a lot of men are attracted to the smell. It's an actual, it has a name. Should have looked it up. Didn't do my research. Google it now if you want. Men are attracted to the smell. A lot of them are attracted to the sound of a fart. It's interesting. Huh. Ah, it's interesting. It's an interesting thing. Now, for me, I didn't end up doing that because he wanted me to sit in the car with him for an hour, and I was just like, I don't want it. An hour is a long time to sit with somebody. I didn't even care about the farting. It was the time.
1: Right. I was like, I don't have an hour for this. <laughs> so yeah. So, so it's actually it's called. Um, eproctophilia. Yes. There's a Correct. filia for everything, and everything is in its filia. So. And there are and there are women who do this for a living, who will just like yeah. far for men with this yeah. fetish, which is interesting. And I was Good like, for them. you know, and the, and yeah.
2: And the guy was like, well, you know, he, oh, and another thing was like, he was like, I'll take you out to eat first. We'll pump you full of stuff that'll make you farty. Oh. And I was like, oh,
1: <laughs> I don't want to do that either. I don't need all that dinner. So let's time. let's talk about about other. You've you said you've had sex with people from Craigslist. What's that experience yeah. been like?
2: Totally fine,
1: because. Okay. So, me, you, so you meet. So how does this work? Oh
2: man, it's, I should be embarrassed, but I'm not. No, don't. Um, space, because man. I'm uh, 37, which I already <laughs> mentioned today. I love it. I'm 37, you guys. It's great. Uh, and I'm just uh, too, in my mind. I know I'm not old, but I'm also like I don't feel like going out to bars sometimes. Sometimes you just want to have sex, and dating apps are. Oh, I don't want to have sex with like a there's lawyers and lobbyists all over Bumble and Tinder, and you just zip on Craigslist super quick. It takes you a minute to find a guy, and I'll tell you something about Craigslist that's interesting.
1: These are men who have posted ads that you're personally responding to. There are a ton. What do the ads say?
2: uh, There are a ton of men on Craigslist who just want to go down on you. Wow, that's it. Really? and And boy, is that little diamond in the rough. And that's great. Do they know what they're doing? They do. I haven't done it a lot, just, like, a couple times. Interesting. Uh, I don't know if I'll I'll do it again. I don't think so. It was fine. How was the power dynamic of that exchange when it when it went down? Well, they're just so ex- <laughs> I love a good pun. I love it. They're I'm just therefore. so excited that they found someone. And so, like, when women are complaining about men who, who won't go down on them, they are all on Craigslist, ladies. <laughs> they're waiting for you. So are we
1: talking, like, he comes over, you, like, have a glass of wine. Nope. You get right to it. He comes over and right you to just, it. like... Take your panties off and uh Boom. one and are we talking like a fifteen minute or like an hour as long? As long as it takes, and then they leave and that's your life. Wonderful. That's okay. Great. Okay, so you've gotten you've gotten I've that done a couple that. of times. I've okay. certainly done that. And that's not
2: something I'm not getting paid for that, even though I've obviously made the one porn, so I've been paid for sex. And again, no judgment, sex workers are uh great and wonderful people. But oh. um yeah, What's, in those couple of instances it was just like, man, I'm really horrible. And it's, it's almost like...
1: uh yeah. it's, almost like, so it's a functional it's, thing. It's, it's eat 24 <laughs> That's great. So let's talk about making porn. Tell us about your experience making porn.
2: Well, I would say, again, that it is obviously not a typical experience when I say that my experience was good. Right, because you're not a
1: porn star and you don't do this I'm not. as your full-time living. No, I don't. So, Tell um, us about, about your experience.
2: I would say that mine was a good experience and I'm going to still acknowledge the fact that there are a lot of horrible experiences in porn but there's also a lot of horrible
1: experiences working at a bank so sure not so the same but still can you walk us through kind of
2: yeah so I did it with James Dean who of course well we'll get to that
1: part so I um, James Dean for those of you listening not the dead is a very famous porn star who's yeah. who historically was regarded as kind of like the boy next door and I still figure we'll get to, so and he's very handsome and he's very handsome. Very, but he's like a regular guy handsome. He's, he's not like porn star, like jacked wax. Yeah, body handsome. yeah, totally. So he, uh, f- like
2: in two, 2013, he put an ad out. Like, he was putting ads out for people who would make an amateur porn. They could film a single scene with him. And I as a joke, I was like, I'm going to I'm going to throw my name in the old hat uh, and all the other parts. And uh, he emailed me back. And I was
1: very flattered. Which is I mean, very silly. Naturally, when you so when you applied, did you have to send a picture and things you send like that? You sent a photo of yourself, but he's also very uh, his tastes are very
2: broad, very eclectic. Yeah, okay. broad. I mean, they are beautiful. So Thank hello. you. Thank you. If you're on Craigslist, find me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that's not the only way you can find me, but apparently it is. So anyway, I'm trying to make this a short story. So I, I was working for Brightest Young Things at the time, and I said, what if I wrote about this? What if I went through this, and I decided to write about my experience, and I had to, and I talked to them about it, and I talked to my mother about it, and that, that's actually really funny because as I was telling her I wanted to do this, there was a story on NPR that came on about more HIV in the porn industry, and I looked at her, and I was like, we're going to be fine. Don't worry. So anyway... Uh, we went back and forth, um, and he was very careful about asking me what I was comfortable with and what I wanted and what I didn't want. Okay. I let him know. And then I met him in New York, uh, and I got a hotel room and I did my best to find a room that I thought wasn't very, uh, porny. Yep. But when I walked into the room, there was a red velvet chair in the corner and I went, well, the best laid plans. Anyway. So he showed up and we, by himself, by himself, just had a big old camera And we started with like a conversation. We walked like through New York a little bit together. We went and got some coffee. He filmed that part with his cell phone. And then we sat, funnily enough, given where we are now and given what we were going to do on the uh, the steps of a church Mm -hmm. and chatted for a bit about what was going to happen. Okay. And then we went back to the room and we just had sex on tape. And then what was that like?
1: I mean, is that that your first time doing sex on tape? No, I've privately done
2: it. So it really, Mm -hmm. because it was not like a whole, so the experience felt personal, A, because we had already been communicating. We became friends. We were texting before. I would say, again, and for myself and for a lot of people, I knew him better than some. So like some people go home with someone after a night and that's fine. Some people go home with someone after an hour. I I knew James better than that experience. Right. Um, Because you've been talking for a while. Interesting. And then I wrote about it and then it's just my world exploded for like a little while because, you know, just the the reaction that you think you get from something like that is obviously the reaction that I got. Good, bad, slut, Mm -hmm. whore. And I was like, well, technically, yeah, I'm a whore. I got paid to do it. I'm not even sad and those things never really hurt my feelings because in my mind, if that's the way you feel about that, then you're a person I don't care to know anyway. So your right. opinion is mm. we're
1: not here to slut shame.
2: Yeah. At all. It's irrelevant to me. If you no, it's, it's, your, mean, it's you your body watch, and it's yeah. safe and consensual. And they watched it anyway. I'm like, you still watched it. So I'm like, mm, get right. out of here person who's pretending they've never masturbated to porn. So that was that. It was interesting. It was scary. Mm-hmm. It was fun. Um, people still find me on social media and, to say things about it nice and not nice and mm-hmm. it's there forever. Interesting. The, the internet is forever. The internet is forever. Thank God. And I was blonde then which is oh. the only thing I regret is how blonde I was. Mm-hmm. So what kind of sex did you have? Me?
1: And was sex with a porn star different than sex with just like a, a person who's really good at sex? So here's the thing. I was like on a show <laughs> so I didn't come which
2: I figured I wouldn't because I just right I knew that's a lot of pressure it would be yeah it was it would also take a like a while and who knows um but no I don't think it was not any better or worse than anything else and certainly no one should like men will compare themselves because they're like oh James Dean but they shouldn't but they will so
1: so as far as like the quality of sex goes it was in it, your it was not was, was it in your top five
2: no, only because I didn't come. So oh. it's not that he was bad at it. I just didn't. I have mean, an but also, like that's kind of his responsibility. It is. But I, I, up beforehand, I said to him, "I'm probably not going to come. So let's just okay. make let's just make this something sh-
1: visually show. appealing." Okay. So, what were your criteria for making visually appealing porn? Uh, well, I shaved. Okay. Everything
2: which is not something i do nowadays my vagina is so hairy it's bush is great it's all the way down my thighs it's
1: it's going bush is great it's Listen, going it's, south for the winter <laughs> you gotta stay warm and also it's a pain in the ass to maintain and if you don't it is expensive it is and if you don't if men or your partner of choice are not on board with hair and you are that's a problem and and it's not really for them to dictate like if they want in on your pussy then they need to be okay with yeah how it comes as long as it's clean
2: and guess what there are a lot of men out there who have a hairy or have a hairy vagina thing they love it. I grew this most out. Men,
1: most men do like hair. I grew this
2: out because the guy it's, I was sleeping with
1: had either. a thing for huge bushes. And I
2: went, this is amazing. Growing 70s it out. porn style yes. sort of. And, okay, I, and, I was, the and then when we stopped sleeping together, I was just like, well, it's too late now. I can't even get this under control. I wouldn't even begin to know how.
1: <laughs> just uh, just a small weed whacker. It's yeah. kind of. I have not <laughs> seen
2: this much hair on my vagina since, I don't know. Who knows?
1: It's great. I'm here for bush. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. The yeah.
2: only bush we're voting for.
1: That's uh, right. This bush. <laughs> So, yeah. So, so, you shaved. Okay. I shaved for James. I was, I was
2: shaving then still. Uh, and, yeah, I don't, like, we, uh, he went down on me a little bit. There was, like, some, uh, there was some missionary. I was on top. He was behind me. And then we did a scene in the shower, which was fun and interesting. It was because mm-hmm. it was a good shower for sex. It was, like, a lot of glass and then okay. the water wasn't. So, you can be pressed up against. Yes. But you're not just There was a lot of me pressed up against. And he would, like, put my leg up and there was, like there's all of the inside
1: of me which is fine too. Yeah. So it was just like a quick OBGYN yes. appointment. Okay.
2: So good. it was it was good and fun in the sense that he was great to work with and then I don't know if you want to talk about
1: Yeah, let's so let's talk about the uh, what happened when after When he was accused
2: of rape uh by his ex girlfriend Stoya. So who is also who a very also famous porn star. Yeah. Beautiful. Yes. So then what happens is I'm a is big how, fan
1: of Stoya porn big, personally.
2: Yeah. So I felt very, uh, and that puts you in an awkward position because here's, and I didn't obviously know him as well as I know a friend, but I felt that I know I knew him well enough and I put out a statement, but then like privately I had many conversations with him. We had phone conversations oh. and I feel even to this day, like a, like I'm a hypocrite cause I do believe women, but I just, it, it, it is an interesting position to be very outspoken about believing women and then to know someone Sure, of course. And a friend of mine, who is a, um, a man and a feminist, who I trust, said to me, "I think that there are certain like caveats when it's a friend. There are certain like not. It's just I don't I don't know what I'm trying to say, but it's just it's it's there, you can be you have you have to be a little more understanding. People are complex. Yes, right. So and, it is very like, difficult to just throw your friend away.
1: And and well and right just and you don't have to. Treating this as an opportunity for for like serious, candid conversation with him is a good opportunity. Um, but it also doesn't mean like not believing Stoya. Exactly. Those two things don't have to be mutually exclusive. Exactly. So I just kind of skirted it a little
2: bit. And then he and I are still friends.
1: Okay. And I have no problem so saying that. So what kind of conversations did you guys have?
2: We talked about everything that she said happened. And we talked. I mean, I'm like, I can't share what he said. Sure, of course. Um, and I talked about, and he was very worried about how I would feel mm-hmm. and I was that's nice worried him. about him and yeah. So we still, we still talk.
1: Well, that's good. All right. Well, thank you, Jen. We are going to take a real quick break for a little. And, uh, and when we come back, we are going to be talking, uh, about incest fetishes. Stay tuned. You're listening to full service radio.
0: All this music you're enjoying on Insert here is by Morris, the homie. This is from his record debut. Morris can be found online. It's an LA guy. Actually, from DC. Anyway, we'll be right back. This is Insert here on Full Service Radio.
1: Listening to Insert Here, the sex podcast where lust and learning meet on full service radio. We are recording live at the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, D.C. T- I am your host, Kate Warren, and today I have with me Jen Teasdale, a comedian with lots of experience exploring different fetishes. Yep. Hmm. That's uh, that's actually my entire resume, you guys.
2: And then also, I'm uh, proficient in Word because I'm old.
1: <laughs> Hi, Jen. So we uh, we were just talking about about the porn she, that she made, and now we're going to kind of transition to uh, to the to the wild world of of uh, helping other people investigate their different fetishes. Yes. So, Jen, maybe you can uh, you can walk me through how you started kind of helping guys out. Uh,
2: well, uh, just the, the, as we talked about the Craigslist Pandy thing, but the recent thing that, and I didn't end up participating in this, but um, there was a gentleman that I met on New Year's Eve who told me uh, that he wanted to have sex with his sister. Uh, and he was hoping that I would role play that with him. Interesting. Interesting. Yes. Okay. And, um, How did this come up? You know, he just said it. He said to me, so what happened was I I actually texted him the next day and was like, hey, remember last night, LOL, when you were like, I I can say bad words, right? Mm -hmm, He was mm -hmm. like, when you want to fuck your sister? And he goes, yeah, I meant it. And I was like, oh, still so sober. Sober the next day, we're still riding that wave. And um, at work, we do this thing um, called the three o'clock breakdown where we have conversations uh i guess we're just like we've been working all day and my coworker kale uh recently had a hypothetical and that hypothetical was if a brother and a sister who were both in, like in their mid-20s uh non-virgins um both decided consensually that they wanted to have sex with each other just because just to see uh and then they were careful wore condoms how do you feel about that wh- okay. wh- how do you feel about that um Everyone sort of agreed that the the general grossness of incest is procreation. And maybe that's not even bad, but the. Okay, so go-
1: Game of Thrones style. Yeah, so Insta- the
2: ickiness incest. around it is like, if they have a baby and there's something wrong with that baby, right? And then I. <laughs> is, is
1: that the point of contention? <laughs>
2: We kind of, but that was, we couldn't, we knew it was off and we couldn't quite say why. Okay. And then another thing, factor that came into play was, see, I'm an only child. So even though I clearly understand like what siblings are, I don't have that feeling. So is it different for me as an only child who's not really aware of a sibling relationship? Am I a little more accepting of something like that simply because I don't know what that relationship is? Right. So that's where I I said, this is something to think about in this hypothetical. So then smash cut to New Year's Eve. And then yesterday I was like, we have someone who we can actually ask this question to because no longer is this living in a hypothetical world. So I texted him about wanting to sleep with his sister. And he wants the thing that he likes about it or is attracted to is that, that it's taboo. Sure. But also, and this was actually kind of—I can't believe I'm going to say this—kind it, it of a beautiful thing. He said he also will get to have sex with someone he already knows that he deeply loves, and I oh, didn't. I didn't feel weird about that. I said, "Oh, oh. I mean, I'm not saying I want."
1: to, I hadn't even thought about that part. Of it, I had
2: to be honest. I hadn't thought about that either. And now I'm not saying it's I, an
1: expression I, of their love.
2: He already knew that he was, had deep love for this person, hmm. and now I guess this is an extension of that. Okay. And that was his reason. Now I didn't want to have this role play fantasy when i didn't do it okay um i just just did you sleep with his sister no <laughs> he sent me pictures of her okay. and here's how bad my ego is he was like you're both cute and and i found myself like arguing with a man i was like i'm cuter than your sister which is not an argument you think you'll ever have with right. someone um anyway so uh yeah so i didn't i but i didn't judge him obviously because if it was again consensual and i think that that matters like
1: absolutely i mean that's everything he's safe did, and consensual yes yeah. so if the baseline two people choose to do that then who no. is it
2: bad or wrong it certainly makes us all feel weird well, but but why then if it's two people who choose to engage in this then why does that make us feel weird right is the question right and I don't know that well, answer.
1: And it makes people uncomfortable. I think in large part because, like, the moral framework for the society that we live in is "don't fuck your sister." <laughs> it, well, it says that you should not have sex with your family members, and that is based, obviously, in like a more, in like a more Christian framework, right? So, but if we are un- if we are ignoring the fact, perhaps for just one quick moment, that these people are to your point siblings uh if they're having safe and consensual sex and they both kind of know what's up and why they're there then we aren't we can't just like any other fetishes we can't right judge them
2: yeah well then i guess whatever whatever wrong is it's not wrong uh i didn't want to like do that fantasy because i'm like hey you should be wanting to fuck me right now not her so no thanks but um Yeah, he. I was like, you should tell her, and he said, I might, I'm um, someday. And I said, Oh, good luck. Good with for you. That <laughs> I'd love to know her answer. Right. Yeah, that would be interesting. To so hear. yeah. So I think when it comes to fetish, again, it's just the as long as everyone's on board, nobody's right. hurting themselves.
1: Then. Do you have any fetishes?
2: I don't think I. To, I once did like a like a like a mother son thing with somebody, but I don't mm-hmm. think I was like really
1: just like a role playing sort of yeah situation. it was okay. of the
2: moment and I don't that's so it's not like a thing but sure. I just kind of rolled with it yeah but I to my not like I definitely exactly. have had a lot of maybe some people would be like that Craigslist thing's a little weird but um, yeah I don't think
1: I have it's not like a, a regular thing that you're cultivating no so what about <clears throat> fantasies you know I. I I do like, uh, I think I'm
2: a bit of an exhibitionist. I like Mm -hmm. the idea of being watched and not knowing it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that would be like. Like I
1: I leave the blinds in my bedroom up.
2: Oh, 100%. I am walking around all the time. I'm like,
1: curtains, who needs them? Yeah. So yeah, I think that's it. Um, Have you ever translated that to going to play parties? See, I haven't because I am very
2: particular about like, I, I do need to be like attracted so I'd have to like know mm-hmm. exactly what everyone looks like and already be into all of them which I think is probably so
1: here's the deal with play parties
2: or is that okay in DC oh so you've been to one
1: well okay here's the story mm. um play parties happen very regularly in Washington DC there are polyamory play parties uh there are fetish play parties there are BDSM play parties and they're kind of like more entry level, like fun cocktail A play parties. That is usually what I recommend for people who are interested in being in like group sex uh, scenarios where they there is no pressure to participate at all. So a bunch of my girlfriends went to one of these play parties, these like sort of let's call them entry level cocktail play Recep- parties the receptionist of play parties <laughs> yeah exactly and I was actually out of town that weekend otherwise I would have gone with them um and I do have plans to go so I will report back slash if you want to go together absolutely down to go yes just put a put a group of uh sex positive positive women together to go let's do and it so they went and you go in and there's like there's a wax station when you walk in so there's a woman in a g-string on a table and there are people dripping hot wax on her and oh you, God, for a second, I thought you, it was like people are just getting their hair waxed. And I'm like, that's convenient. Right <laughs> and there. you, and well, and men are required to wear tuxedos. Women are required to wear, wear like gowns. Everybody is masked. It's very, it's kind of eyes wide shut, is but this, without the like ritual practice is this at element. Is like
2: a house or a club? Is it at that one? What's that place? The cook of k- the Sea.
1: No, so it's at, these tend to be at like public bars where they do a full buyout. Wow. But like nice nice classy sort I of I want to know which bar
2: so I can be like I can which bar has had an ass on it and which bar hasn't had an ass on it. Okay, I know, cool. right?
1: So you walk in and there's and there and there are it's sort of like a playground and it's three stories and you have The hot wax station you have aerialists who are in some who are like nearly nude performing um you have a corner where just like a bunch of people are having threesomes you have an area where like there's oral sex happening um there is a simian machine downstairs um and a simian machine is a machine like a mechanical machine with a dildo on it that you can as a female like ride this thing and get fucked Oh. So my friends tried that, which they found to be like not particularly sexy.
2: Yeah. like like Because right, you're literally being to... like
1: mechanically fucked. So yeah.
2: And a dildo is not going to, just a dildo is not going to do anything really for anybody. I don't care who you are. Don't, no. don't you tell me about that right. orgasm. I right. don't believe it, but okay.
1: They, and then they had some, they had some like sort of wandering dominatrixes. So if you wanted to be flogged or whipped or things like that, that was really easy to sort of experiment with, but it's, it's treated it like a playground, right? Like you can go and have a drink at the bar and walk around and talk to people see that's interesting do they limit alcohol
2: consumption no
1: it is just it's a bar so you can right but i feel like
2: in a scenario like this but
1: you're not but usually people aren't there to like just have of course sex like it's not just like rooms full of people having sex it's like hot people being hot together talking about how much they like sex or just like flirting And one of my friends got cornered, got cornered in the bathroom by this woman, um, who was like, I'm here with my husband and we've been watching you all night and we think you're really sexy. And she, uh, she went down on her in the bathroom and then invited her to go back with her and her husband and my friend declined. But if you are interested in kind of in, in spaces where it's a much more sex positive atmosphere in general. Okay. Then yeah. these then these sort of entry level parties are a really good place to experiment and feel Where safe.
2: Where did you find this? I
1: heard about it from from my girlfriends um, but they have it's a, it's run by an organization and they have regular events sort of like every other month What's or so. The
2: organization. Like?
1: Um I can I can send it to okay. you on the internet. Um and, and the World put, Wide Web. They put together it, you RSVP to like a Facebook event and you buy your tickets on Eventbrite the same as you do when you go to like a BYD party. We're probably not going to have that party anytime soon, but that would be no. great. No, but it's a huge scene, and these things sell out, and people like second. Is it expensive? Um, I feel like this
2: will be one of those like a, like a little pricey, but that's not.
1: Fine. I think it was like a hundred dollars. Okay, that's reasonable. It's for sixty this. to one hundred dollars. Should be sixty nine across the board. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Sorry. But you know, it's a great example of like if you are curious about BDSM or different kinks and fetishes, these parties can be a really good way to. Okay, I'm try. I'm interested. Out. Yeah, I'm interested in trying yeah. things out, and of course, then that once you sort of try things there, you can graduate to um, things like the Black Rose, which is the oldest BDSM community in the country that's based here in Washington D.C. Uh, if you're gay, you can graduate to the DC Eagle, which is a DC like leather and sex club there, and who are now based in Anacostia. Um, but it's, so, and actually on, on later episodes of insert here, we're going to have somebody from the Eagle come out and talk oh. to us about the Eagle. This is fascinating. Cause DC Eagle or cause the Eagle is as a gay club institution are present in multiple different cities. So there's an Eagle in New York an Eagle in LA. There's an Eagle here in Washington and they're run autonomously, but I'm not surprised they're cultural hubs for like the the gay kink community. Yeah.
2: Not surprised that everyone Male. starts
1: here. DC is a very, DC's kinky, kinky, kinky
2: city. I think yeah. somebody, oh, I made a joke about when the during the inauguration, how like, grinder just went, boo Oh yeah, right out the woof, way up there, yeah, for sure. And i which is not to say that that's kinky, but that's just to say that you know the con, these conservative the, Republicans who are homophobic are all obviously
1: are, ha- are s- having lots of gay sex when yeah. they come to town on they their vacation. Sure. interesting. Yeah. So why else do you think that Washington, D.C. is kinky in your experience?
2: Because it's so buttoned up. It's the most, you know, you, you think you, me, I think you doth protest too much is that mm-hmm. whole thing. Like D.C. Mm-hmm. is so buttoned up and stuffy that it's just, uh, you got to, ex- you're going to explode and there's only uh, so many ways you can explode. So I think that it's just, I don't know why that is. Why can't we all just be that thing?
1: Well, no right. one would vote for you because we live in a terribly conservative uh, country, but um, yeah. But recreational activities are pretty. Our po- recreational sex is really popular here, and there are a lot of really young, uh, really driven people who are trying to fuck. Absolutely. <laughs> and actually, I've heard interesting stories. Um, and I'm, and I'm I'm working to line up somebody who can go on the record for the show about this. Um, but there is a very uh, well known power lunch place downtown in DC who. Um, host parties mm-hmm. at night. They will rent out like a penthouse suite at one of the old school DC hotels and they will fill it with cocaine and sex workers for like politicians and such.
2: Uh, I would. And I know, I and I know someone
1: who used to work at that restaurant. I want to go. And they had a house doctor who could get you any drug you wanted.
2: What? Was, I'm too old whole... to be this excited about <laughs> drugs, but, but it's, okay. And
1: it's not like a party really, it's just sort of like. A, like a smorgas, like a buffet for these, these powerful men. Dream. Yeah, great. So DC is, the, is it, like it's it's very prevalent here. Uh, which comes first, though? I wonder, like these
2: these like uh, questionably immoral men or their or politics? I think that
1: I mean, but it's all, it's they're all it's all about power, sex. Yeah, and politics are both about power. It's true. So it makes perfect sense that DC would be a hub for I that. I want to go to this grabbing. weird
2: cocaine party. <laughs>
1: We can talk offline about that. Okay. <laughs> so you know we have we have a few more we have a few more minutes. Uh, do you want to maybe walk us through some of like Jen T. sales not to be missed sex tips? Oh man. Well, I mean, we like, what makes it like, and maybe we can we can go by activity. Like, what makes fucking explosive oral for you? Well, I think.
2: Well, I well, I mean, it's specific to to everyone, right? But um, okay, well, you know, what I think it's interesting is what people like to masturbate to because what you like to masturbate to is what you like. So I have exclusively been masturbating to videos of men going down on women, and like when I can see everything. So not POV because the POV is then just like the top of a guy's head, and I'm like that does nothing for me. Right. Um, but when you can, when it's switched around and you can see a man actually like all, her perspective licking and, and, and what he's doing and it's, you know, got a finger in there. That's important. Yep. So I think that if you, in order for you to have good sex, you should pay attention to what you like and also don't make the mistake of doing what you like to your partner. Um, because you know, that's instead of asking what they instead like of asking, of course. and that's like what you just do without realizing it. So, and my like best analogy is like, Like if you're someone who likes your, your back scratched, you're going to scratch someone's back, but your partner maybe prefers a massage. So Mm -hmm. don't, don't do to the other person what you like done to yourself. Just, I know it can be embarrassing. I know it's difficult because I, when I was, especially when you're young, um, dumb and full of cum. No. So, um. Just ask. And I know that, that that seems like not sexy, but it ends up being
1: so how pretty you, sexy. So, yeah. Well, and, I, and that's something that we've talked about oh, you know, on past episodes. Also.
2: Watch porn. I, some men feel like there's, the male ego needs to go for so many reasons. Got Got, got to get out of here. Uh, I know some men who have not wanted to watch porn because they they want to be responsible for your orgasm. And they still are. But for me, I've actually come a lot faster if I've just been able to get a little bit of a visual while they're going down on me. So there's a lot of things. So
1: you like watching porn while you're fucking? I do. Cool. It helps helps me
2: come faster. Now, that's just me. But try it out. Mm Because if you're someone like me who's having a little bit of trouble... Orgasming as a woman, and that is a thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. Try that out because we're visual people. Yes, we are. So you might need that extra little push. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would do that.
1: No, that's great. Any other? Uh, what else helps get you there?
2: You know, uh, I, I stopped using toys because of the desensitizing. Now again, that mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a, even a thing. But for and me, using i using vibrators
1: too much. Yeah. And improperly. I was. Because
2: that was, and also. Can definitely cause And I did notice that that wasn't as good of an orgasm. It was faster, mm-hmm. but it wasn't as good. Um, uh, yeah, I would agree with for that. For me. So I would say try to stick with your, your good old fashioned hand mm-hmm. uh, and your good old fashioned juices. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, well, it's interesting. So I, I'm, I'm doing a lot of research right now about... Um, about tantric orgasm Mm. and like
2: Sting and his wife they've been doing that for
1: years right exactly and but it's really it's really fascinating because as a woman you don't actually need a man and you don't actually need any kind of physical stimulation at all you You can think and Kegel your way to coming really yes girl have you done it? Yes, girl. You've done it? Yes, Stop absolutely. Stop it. Yeah, definitely. Stop it. And so, I mean, Kegels are definitely... Now really I'm important. doing Kegels. Yeah, I'm like, I on. mean, we're, we're both in here doing Kegels.
2: Yeah, we've been doing it. This is the, Kegels. So the Kegel. The Kegel half hour. I
1: do. I drive around a lot for my job because uh, I'm going from different locations and meetings and things all day. So when I'm in the car, I'm doing Kegels.
2: I, you know, I do so it I a do lot So I do a too. metric
1: shit on a Kegels. And it makes your orgasms stronger. It lasts longer. Like I was having... And this might be too much information. It's not. I was having... I was having sex last night and I orgasmed for like a full five to ten minutes. Like coming constantly that whole time, and a portion of that time there was no manual stimulation happening I'm at all. I'm Pretty jealous right now, <laughs>
2: and I'm filled with rage towards you. Healthy
1: rage, but, <laughs> but it's something that you tra- that you train for and There's you work your toward. Boyfriend. And and one of the things that I that you do when you train for this You're are trained. manual stimulation, uh, like manual stimulation masturbation, which is just no toys and no fingers. Well, you can, you start off with fingers, obviously, and you can, but you um, you build in a feedback loop where you're using where you're doing Kegels and manually manually stimulating at the same time. And the idea is that you're building your pelvic floor muscles strong enough where you can you can get yourself to orgasm without that physical stimulation. And there's some good resources online about okay. this, so I, I encourage you share to, that to with do me the googling. As, okay, yeah. I will google, and this. I can send you some resources that are helpful. Well,
2: I've got a big 2018. Yoni of me. eggs
1: are are really helpful, um, and they are they are like crystal or like um, silicone eggs that you that are small that you put inside of your vagina that help strengthen your Kegels. All right. So def, I definitely encourage folks to if they're curious in how to. Strengthen female orgasms. Get well, try yeah. out one of these yoni eggs. Okay. I'll get boy, really well.
2: get that Amazon wish list going.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And uh, and so that, I'm gonna try this. I'm gonna try all of this think, and then we're gonna I think have self, a contest. Self care so in twenty fourteen. <laughs> on the on the podcast. No hands. Oh my god, hilarious! People people walk in the lobby, and we're just in here concentrating really hard. <laughs> no,
2: this is a weird podcast. They're not saying anything.
1: <laughs> we're just sitting, like, breathing kind of yep. heavily. Yep. <laughs> no, it's fine. You know, so so there are goals, and I think it's really important for people to constantly be as as you aspire to like personal growth in other areas of your life, you can aspire to like both technical skill and spiritual depth to your sex life, and that means like adding tools to your toolbox and your toolbox and knowing how to use them. All right. I'm going to, yeah, you're going to go masturbate as soon as we uh, get <laughs> well, off the air. Maybe
2: not as soon as I, <laughs> we get off, get off air, but, uh, today, I'm, I'm, today for sure. I'm no.
1: doing a staycation in this hotel tonight and my room is ready. So,
2: Oh my goodness. It's room so out 69. <laughs> no.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you. Jen, you've been listening to insert here. The Sex Podcast, where lust and learning meet. My name is Kate Warren, and uh, Jen Teasdale has been here with us. We're signing off.
0: Thanks for listening to this program on Full Service Radio, broadcasting and recording from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. Full Service Radio programming can be accessed live and archived on fullserviceradio.org. Our talk programming is available on most podcast apps like iTunes and Stitcher, and our DJ sets are available on mixcloud.com slash radio. Full Service Radio features over 30 weekly shows and over 50 local hosts covering every topic imaginable. If you want to be a guest or get involved, email us at info at fullserviceradio.org. Follow us on Twitter at fullservicerdo. Instagram and Facebook at Full Service Radio. Thanks for listening.